0: morning, and a beautiful morning it is. You know, praise the Lord. It's it's been said before, and it's probably been said here before, that um, God doesn't need our praise. Um, Our praise doesn't affect God, but our praise has an effect on us. And when we praise God's greatness, it not only can help sustain our faith, but praising God's greatness can help restore our faith. And so I hope this morning that this song I've chosen to sing, you know, gives a lift to you this morning as it's lifted me so many times, probably since the first time I heard it 35 years ago. So.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
2: Thank you, Dinah. Thank you, Rob. That's a big piece for 8 in the morning, Rob. <laughs> I would never try that at 8 in the morning or any other time. But welcome. Thank you all for being here. Good to be together this morning. Hello to all those online who are joining us uh, across the world, across the island, across the state. We're honored by your presence. Uh, the table is set. We will be gathering for the celebration of Holy Communion to today, this morning, and it's just good to be together, is it not? Amen. The order of service is printed on your uh, bulletin, and the opening is a call and response. This is the day. You know it, uh, especially if you've been on any trip with me anytime or at any church camp or anything else, but it's a call and response. Now, if it's comfortable for you, I'd invite you to stand. Gathered in God's house, we worship in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is the day. Curie, Curie, liaison, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy on us. praise. Uh, You are holy. We'll sing through it twice. Gracious God, help us, help us to see this day and every day as a gift from you, 24 hours that will never be repeated, and this unique hour in our week when we gather together to worship you. Help us to see the blessings of daily life, help us to see that everything we have is a gift from you. Open our hearts and our minds that this hour of worship may empower us. For service in the world. Feed us, forgive us, inspire us, and send us, Lord. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Please be seated.
3: Good morning. A reading from the Gospel of Luke. Someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, what should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat. Drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves but are not rich toward God. The word of the Lord.
0: There's a song that um, I've enjoyed singing here. We've done it several times. Um, it's called, I Heard an Owl by Carrie Newcomer. And there's a, the most memorable line, I'm sure they'll remember it if you sung it here is, the only peace the world will know will only come from love. But I don't think, even though that's the line that you remember because it's in the chorus and repeated, I think the most important line in the song is the last verse of, uh, I mean, the last line of the last verse uh, which is in the arms of God will gather in each sparrow that falls, and with no separation, just fiercely loves us all, because the only peace the world will know, the only peace, the only real peace we'll ever know, um, only comes from God. The love of God. <laughs>
1: I am resting today in a wonderful peace. I'm resting sweetly in Jesus' control. For I'm safe from all dangers by night and by day as his glory flooding my soul with peace, peace, wonderful peace, coming down It's buried deep in the heart of my soul, so secure that no power can mine it. Shadows grow dark And accept his sweet peace So sublime Peace, peace Wonderful peace Coming down from the Father
2: wonderful peace peace can be hard to come by peace can be very hard to come by in this world exhibit a he came to jesus and he said rabbi tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me peace decades ago an older man in the congregation told me with regard to your money and your children You should know that there are only three types of children, those who need your money, those who will never need your money, and those that you should never trust your money to. At the time, it sounded like an interesting theory. Now it sounds like good wisdom to me. Speaking of wisdom, listen to the text that is assigned by our lectionary authors to partner with the gospel text that Christie read for us. These are words of wisdom from the wisest man in the Old Testament, that would be King Solomon, son of David. He writes these words, vanity of vanities, vanity of vanities. All is vanity. What do people gain from all the toil at which they toil under the sun? A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. I, the teacher of the king over Israel and Jerusalem, applied my mind to seek and to search out by wisdom all that is done under heaven. It is an unhappy business that God has given to human beings to be busy with. I saw all the deeds that are done under the sun and see all is vanity and chasing after the wind. I hated all my toil in which I had toiled under the sun, seeing that I must leave it to those who come after me and who knows whether they will be wise or foolish. Peace. Chasing after the wind. Are we chasing after the wind? There are only three types of children, those who will need your money, those who will never need your money, and those who should not be trusted with your money chasing after the wind could these ancient words really have something to say to us these words are old but you also should remember that King Solomon said there's nothing new under the Sun could it be that humans have not changed in 3000 years well a thousand years after King Solomon some 2000 years ago Jesus encountered this man who was upset About the division or the lack of division of the family inheritance. Old words, ancient words, it's really hard to imagine a family arguing over inheritance, isn't it? You laugh. Peace is hard to come by. It's hard to imagine someone spending their entire life chasing after the wind, trying to achieve financial security or power or position or prestigious titles, only to find out that they don't really matter much in the end. Hidden in our text, the text that Christy read for us, hidden in this text are cultural clues that are going to help us to understand and apply today's lesson. Teacher! Teacher! Rabbi, teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. The two brothers, they'd grown up together. But now their father had died, and according to Jewish law, that put the older brother in control. He was in complete control. He could decide when and how the estate would be divided. And the younger brother, predictably, was mad. He was feeling cheated. He was unhappy because he could not convince the brother to do what was right, right in his eyes anyway. And so what does he do? He tries to draw Jesus into the family squabble. He implores Jesus to set his brother straight. And Jesus replies by saying, friend, but that's not really what it says. Oh, I know that's what was projected. I know that's what Christie read. But you really have to understand there's something lost in the translation here because calling him friend was not exactly a friendly greeting. It was more like, hey, buddy. You get the difference? Hey, buddy, who set me to be a judge or an arbitrator over you and your family? This is not the people's court. Do I look like Judge Judy? Then Jesus turned to the crowd, and he shared some wisdom with them. He said, take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Take care, be careful. Greed has a way of just kind of sneaking up on you. Your desire for more and more and more can take on a life of its own. You fear that you're not going to have enough, no matter how much you have. You find yourself driven to have more and more and more. Your thirst is never quenched. Your appetite knows no bounds. You do not really feel secure. And so you seek that security by trying to put up even more in the bank, even more under your mattress or in the freezer or stored in your pantry. Just a little more, a little more protection, an additional measure of security. Be careful, Jesus said. Be on your guard. And to make his point further... As Jesus often did he said let me tell you a story let me tell you a parable that should uh, shed some light on the current topic there was a man and this man was a rich man and the land of the rich man produced abundantly and he thought to himself what should I do I have no place to store my crops Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and I will build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years to come. Relax. Eat, drink, and be merry. Cheers to me. But God said, you fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you, and the things that you have prepared, whose will they be? It's quite a story, is it not? Let's look at it in a little more detail. The land of the rich man produced abundantly. What do we know? He was rich already. He was rich before the harvest. He was rich before the story even begins. And now he has a bumper crop, the best crop he had had in years. There was corn everywhere, soybeans abounded, even enough zucchini to feed an army. He is rich, and now because of the rich black soil, because of plenty but not too much rain, because it had been warm but not scorching, he has a record crop. And what did he do with his excess? What was he going to do with his surplus? It's a good problem to have, right? It's a great opportunity, right? We have a family in our parish, a family in our parish, and quite suddenly after... Years of hard work and years of toil, everything fell into place. Their product was popular, their business plan was exceptional, the economy hummed along, good timing, right time, right place, hard work, everything came together, and they had a bumper crop of cash. What to do? They talked to a lawyer. They talked to their financial planner. They talked to their pastor. They talked to respected friends. They talked to each other. And then finally, they talked with their children. And they set up a charitable foundation, not with us, on their own, and they made the children directors so that each year the children would have to come together to decide how to give this money away. They would have to decide what charities would benefit. You see the parents had been blessed with a bumper crop and they wanted to share but they also wanted to teach their children about the joy of giving and about the christian responsibility that comes with such blessings blessed to be a blessing they wanted their children to know that life is about more than the abundance of possessions jesus said there was a man and he was rich already and he was blessed with a bumper crop. What was he to do with the surplus? Now, the story reveals something for us at this point. The story reveals the sad isolation of the rich man. Faced with this problem of abundance, this opportunity, this surplus, what did he do? He thought to himself, What should I do? I have no place to store my crops. He thought, to himself he had a conversation with himself now let me just ask you honestly when was the last time that you learned anything by talking to yourself when faced with a problem or an opportunity do you not seek out the advice of professionals or friends or both and in the middle eastern culture decisions were never made In isolation, they were made after consulting the village. In fact, the conversation was as important as the decision. You see, in these small villages 2,000 years ago, homes were built very close to each other, inside the city walls that protected them. People lived right next to each other. One's family's business was known by all the neighbors, and one would never make an important decision in isolation. So the neighbors would visit And they would discuss the options while hanging out of windows, while doing the laundry, while visiting the city well, the post office, or the grocery store. It was kind of a precursor to HOA meetings, you know. They'd say, here's the deal. Here's what I'm thinking. Tell me what you think. Now, one of my guides in Israel some years back, a Jewish man by the name of Ben, explained the culture to me. He said, Jim, if my father had a project, he would just go outside and lean on a shovel. And all morning long, the men of the village would come by and offer advice. They would talk and visit for hours without a shovel ever moving. Finally, my mother would bring out some juice to quench their thirst. Sometime later, she would bring out lunch. Still, the shovel was silent, even though now there were three or four men leaning on their shovels, discussing the options that were before them. He said, this is the way it is. And then he continued. He said, now, Jim, you do know why Jews do not make love in public, don't you? He said, it's not because it's illegal or sinful. They just don't want everyone to stop by and give them advice. The rich man had a decision to make. What should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. And what did he do? He had a conversation with himself. It seems sadly that he had no friends. He had no one to consult. The walls of the city did not protect him, no. He had a large fence around his estate. It kept everybody out. It kept him isolated. He had no friends except for his money his barns, his land, his crops. How sad, how tragic, how true even today. It is true even today that the more wealth a person has, the more likely they are to be isolated. They move away from their neighbors. They have big homes. They live in gated communities. They do not have front porches. They have back decks and expensive security systems. Oh, the poor, isolated, rich man. Unlike our church family with the bumper crop who sought the advice of many, in this parable the rich man had a conversation with himself. In his isolation he came to a decision. I will do this. I will pull down my barns. I will build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and all my goods. And I'll say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years to come, relax, eat, drink, and be merry. Now, what jumps out at us as we look at this rich man's speech to himself is the word my. My decision, my barns, my grain, my goods, my soul. My, oh, my. Enough about you. I want to talk about me. It's all about me. It's all mine. My decision, my barns, my grain, my goods, my soil, my soul. But he was wrong, wasn't he? He was wrong. He was about to find out that it did not belong to him. He was about to discover that the decision about the bumper crop was not his decision. The barns, even though they had his name on them, they weren't really his. The land was not really his. The grain was not really his. The goods were not his. His soul, his body, his blood, his life, none of it belonged to him. Because it all belonged to God. The rich man was simply a steward, a caretaker, the one who kept an eye on God's stuff for a while. It was all on loan to him, and then without warning, the loan was called in. For just as he completed the new barns and filled them with provisions, provisions that would last him a lifetime, just like that it was over. God said, you fool. This very night, your life is being demanded of you. It is over, and the things that you've hoarded are not coming with you. You can't take it with you. For in the end, nothing belongs to you. They were on loan, and I'm calling in the loan. Oh, yes, the wisdom of King Solomon. He saw the folly of it all the folly of putting our hope in our possessions, our wealth, our work, our homes, knowing that someday we're gonna have to leave it to ungrateful, untrustworthy, self-centered, not an ounce of sense in their head kids. The man came to Jesus, teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But what do we know? He was already divided. He was divided from his brother. He was divided from his community. He was divided from his brother. They were isolated from each other because their relationship was broken over possessions. And the rich man lived alone, isolated in luxury. He fussed over his wealth and had no one to talk to. And so the warning is to us, my friends, take care. Because one's life does not consist in abundance of possessions. Your life and your legacy will only be built by love and generosity. We are blessed to be a blessing. That is the truth. Applying that truth to our lives, that's the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And we're going to sing a little sermon response uh, in response to this uh, text that we have. Um, Jesus had another encounter with a, a man who had so many possessions, and Jesus said, you know what? I think your possessions are getting in your way, so this is my advice. Give it away. I'd invite you to stand.
4: So I'll sing a line to you, four different lines. You sing the response that's on the wall there, and then we sing the chorus together. Give it away. Have you heard the story about the rich man? Give it away, give it away. Who asked Jesus how to get to the promised land?
3: Give it away
4: give it away, he had kept all the
2: Not all sermon illustrations uh, are created equal. Um, We're going to invite you now to lift your hearts to God in prayer. Christy's going to work her way up here this way, Christy, it's a little safer. Uh, Each prayer will end, Lord, in your mercy, and our response, hear
3: our prayer. I'd say the sermon was a smash hit. let us pray for all people according to their needs and more than prayer let us partner with god to do the work that only we can do baptized for ministry and service may we offer hope kind words forgiveness and expressions of love to all people lord in your mercy yeah. for our prayer. help us lord Give us the wisdom and the courage to join you in a partnership that leads to abundant life for all people and all of creation. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Thank you, Lord, for every gift and every blessing. The many gifts of life come to us unmerited and undeserved. May our thank yous be lived out in extravagant hospitality and generosity. Lord, in your mercy. Partner with us, Lord, that our lives might be defined by more than prayer. Teach us how to share what we have been gifted. May the illusion of security not blind us to the real needs of others. Give us the will and the courage not to build bigger storage units, but to make a difference in the lives of your children and our neighbors blessed to be a blessing. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Partner with us, Lord, that our lives might be defined by more than prayer. We pray for those who are sick, but we pray that we might be a part of their healing. We pray for those who are hungry, but we pray that we might feed them. We pray for the homeless, but we pray that we might provide shelter. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for a war-torn world, that we may be peacemakers every day in our families and in our communities. We pray for a warming planet Earth, that we may in turn be faithful caretakers of the environment. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, teach us to pray all these things and whatever else is upon our hearts we entrust to you knowing that in partnership with you we can change our lives and change our world amen
2: the peace of the lord be with you please share a sign of peace and greeting with one another Thank you. Uh, thank you for sharing that greeting of peace. Thank you uh, for sharing that greeting of peace. After the service, uh, come on over to the gym for coffee, fellowship, cookies. Uh, the courtyard's also open. There's at least one table out there if you'd like to go out in the courtyard. It should be a nice day out in the courtyard today. Um, thank you, Joan and Hunt, for the beautiful flowers. Thank you for that, the flowers today. Uh, card ministry, there's always names out there, people who are uplifted by hearing from you. Even if they don't know you, it's important uh, that if they have cards to open, that's that's great. So there's a card ministry. You can see that. Lynn Dakin died this last week. Uh, Lynn... Um, at this he would come to this service every week he had oxygen at the end he sat right over there he would come even when he had oxygen and bring all the produce from his house so we all had you know peaches and apples and all that stuff uh so he died this week uh services are pending uh for lynn um and uh dan is alice with you today your bride isn't there a birthday today well you tell her we missed her and we love her and we send her her birthday wishes and uh I want to make sure you didn't forget. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. And wish you a happy birthday for us this morning. Lots of other announcements printed in your bulletin. We're only a month away now. I, I hate to say the word September, but um, we're a little over a month till Rally Day. Uh, so Sunday school will be starting up. Adult Forum will be starting up. Our Bible studies, our choirs, uh, all these things are going to be starting up. So pay attention. Now we're going to have lots of information out about that. We want to get everybody. Uh, re-engaged as we move into the fall. So lots of information about that as well. Um, Okay, four-by-four dinners as we move into the fall. If you're interested in signing up to have people at your house and go to their house, uh, it's like eight people over a four-month period uh, taking turns hosting meals to get to know people in the parish. So there's a sign-up out there. If you sign up for that, we'll put those... uh, put people together in September and have those out, and have a team leader, and they'll call people together and get to know people who you're worshiping with. So if you'd like to sign up, those sign ups are out there. A word about Holy Commun... Carl, you have something? Go ahead. Welcome home, Carl. Well, thank you. Are you on our time or Thailand time? Oh,
4: I'm somewhere in between, somewhere in the Pacific, yeah. I think. But uh, it's doing all just fine, a good week. Um, just a note that this week, sometime, some gentleman on the far side over there is gonna turn 90, his name is Don Allen, so... Um, If you know Don, give him a hand. Sing happy
2: birthday. Well, we can... can, Don's been around here for almost all of those years. Let's sing to Don. That's (laughs) worth singing. Happy birthday. they done yeah word about uh, holy communion uh, the most important word is you're welcome you're always welcome it doesn't matter if you've never worshiped with the lutherans before Uh, it doesn't matter if you've ever communed in your life before Uh, we are all here by god's grace there's only one host for this meal it's not the lutherans we just work here it's jesus and jesus invites you to come so in a few moments, uh, you'll be invited to come. You'll walk down the center aisle. Um, you'll receive, put out your hand to receive the host, the body of Christ. Hold on to it momentarily. Then you'll dip it and tink it into the chalice of your choice. First chalice of wine. The second chalice will have grape juice. We also have gluten-free if you need it. If you're coming down this side, stay away from the glass. Uh, but, <laughs> um, But most of all, just know that uh, it's by grace that we dine together, and you are always welcome in this place. As we transition and move to the table, I would invite you to stand if it's comfortable. We gather now at a table that welcomed our parents and grandparents, a table that will welcome Christians of a variety of colors and denominations all across the globe this day. As we gather around this table, we remember a Thursday night in an upper room in Jerusalem. It was Holy Week. And there, Jesus was gathered with those who were about to betray him. And on that night, he took the bread and he gave thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, speaking strange words. Take and eat. This is my body given for you for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks. He gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. As often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, Jesus Christ has promised to be present with us. Let us pray now as he taught us to pray. Our Father. gifts of God for the people of God, all are welcome. Please come. Now may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you now and always in God's grace. Amen. Amen. Fed and forgiven. Fed and forgiven. Depart from this place of worship. Go out those doors and find your own places of ministry and service. And as you go, may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the beginning, when the saints go marching in.
4: (laughs) Oh, when the saints go marching in.